Welcome back to another episode of Voice Hugs, a podcast on becoming your best self and embracing all seasons of life with open arms. This is your host, Vivian and Rowena. Hello! (laughs) So for today's episode, we're going to be diving into careers. Rowena took a very unconventional route, as we all know. She started her own YouTube channel and has been doing it for five, six years now. (laughs) I, on the other hand took a conventional, traditional route. So showing two different perspectives on how we got to where we are today, I think it's going to be very fun to explore. We're going to go over what was hard about making certain career decisions throughout the years. How have we redefined success? And I think one thing that we learned from all of this is that there is no cookie cutter right way to go about figuring out your career. So I'm very excited to see where this episode is going to go and how it will unfold. (laughs) So before we dive into the episode, Viv and I realized we got so excited the previous three episodes that we never gave a proper introduction to who Vivian is and to who Rowena is. So let's take a moment to do that, to give some (laughs) context before we dive into the questions that you guys have actually submitted about careers to us. So Viv... Where do you currently reside? What is your nine to five? And what do you like to do for fun? I currently live in Los Angeles. My nine to five, I work in the public sector. Specifically, I do training and development. So a lot of employee development programs, instructor-led training, anything to help employees within the organization grow and develop in their careers. And then what do I like to do for fun? I recently started doing yoga again, which I'm very excited about. I'm hoping that Zen and the presence of being on the mat will be a theme of this year. And I also like taking Charlie to the park. Oh, <laughs> good old Charlie boy. So Rowena currently is home in LA. Viv and I are not together recording, but I'm home in my parents' home. Usually I'm based in New York City. My 9 to 5 is... I have a beauty and skincare channel called Beauty Within. That's technically my 9 to 5. But then my 9 to 5 is also my own YouTube channel. So what do I like doing for fun? This is actually a question that stressed me out a lot for the past couple of years because I felt like most of my time was spent on work and trying to be productive, working on myself, I guess reading. It wasn't until this year that I really was like, okay, well... Why don't you explore things that's outside of personal development or outside of productivity? I got a lot into DIY recently. I just remembered while I was home that I used to make flowers. Like I worked at a florist for a bit over summer in high school. Mm, I didn't know that. I totally forgot about that. I, I actually forgot about that. So I guess this is like, I don't know, I'm still in a reflective mood from our 2021 reflection video, <laughs> but I like to do more DIY and getting my hands Busy with creating things, with making things. I watched something recently where when you use your hands, for some reason that attention to like create or build something really brings you to the present moment. And so that would make a lot of sense Mm -hmm. tying that into the theme of our last episode. Which is presence. (laughs) So if you guys listened to the first episode, you know that Rowena and I met in college, which I think for a lot of us, that's the start of... I don't think that's like your career, but it's kind of like your first exposure to what career do I want? What do I want to study? What path am I going to go? 
So to start off, Rowena, what did you study in college and how did you decide on your major at that time? So you're probably 17, 18 years old at this time? In high school, senior year, we had to do a senior project on a job that you want. And I did that on event planning. So Rowena really wanted to be an event planner. But for whatever reason, at the very tender age of 17, 18, I somehow had the foresight to realize, okay, maybe event planning might be a very specific thing. What if after four years, I realized this isn't what I want to do, then I would have pigeonholed myself and dug myself into this hole that I can't really get out of. So why don't I start broader to business so that eventually I can still find my way back into event planning. If that Mm. fails or if I realize that's not what I want to do, at least there's still this breadth of knowledge that I learned. I really don't know how that happened or how I I was able to think that way. But I study business in college, and I'm going to attribute it to a miracle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm really glad that I studied business too. For myself, it was kind of a process of elimination. When I was in high school, I was terrible at sciences. I just remember getting C's and B's in chemistry and physics, and I wasn't that good at biology either. So I knew that anything science-related, anything in the medical field, engineering was not going to be something for me. I also didn't really consider creative jobs at all at the time. I mean, social media wasn't even a job. It didn't exist yet. I think it started growing a lot maybe our sophomore, junior year. In college, yeah. yeah. So I think for me, it was just process of elimination. I loved being in organizations in school and like working with other people and working in teams. And so business kind of fell into my lap. But to be a little bit more specific, I actually started as an accounting major at USC. I have no idea how I ended up in accounting But when I was admitted into school, I found out that USC had like one of the top accounting programs. So I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Why not? (laughs) So I studied accounting the first three years of college. Mm. So while you were in college, did you have any post-college plans? Were you working towards anything at that time? Did you have any idea what you wanted to do after college is the question. I had zero idea and had no plans. (laughs) So I a thousand percent had no idea what I wanted to do, but I did have inklings of things that I didn't want to do. For example, I think a lot of our friends, a lot of our business fraternity mates, they graduated, worked in these beautiful, glamorous, worshipped companies like the Big Four or any of those crazy consulting firms. Knowing our friends and seeing how unhappy they were, I was like, okay, I'm not about to, like, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever whatever it is that's happening, like, yes, you're making money. Yes, you may be going down a very quote-unquote legit and successful career path. I don't want to continue living a life where I loathe waking up every Monday and I just look forward to Fridays and the weekends every single week. I I don't know, like I just never thought that was a meaningful life. It's going to sound really judgmental, but this is what I thought at the time. I was like, why would anyone want to live like that? You know, life is finite. Life is precious. You could not wake up tomorrow. So if that is the foundation, and I think all of these thoughts are so present in my mind because my brother passed away my senior year of high school. That's why I thought the way that I did. I just knew that, okay, that's not, that's what I don't want to do. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I think it's great that you were able to really listen to yourself. And as unfortunate as, you know, 
your brother passing, I think that really helped shape your perspective at a very early age. In comparison to me, I was on the path to becoming (laughs) an accountant. I think it's unfair to have 17, 18-year-olds decide on a major and then start taking classes and there really isn't any room to explore. You're like already on this path the moment you start college. You have all these classes that you have to take. And so USC does a great job grooming their business students for accounting, consulting, and finance. And so I didn't even question if I liked accounting or not. I just mm-hmm. I just hopped on that train and just kept going until I realized how unhappy I was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when I was in college, my plan was pretty much to recruit my junior year, land a junior summer internship at a big four accounting firm, and then hope that that led to a full-time job offer. But Thankfully, that's not how things played out for me. So junior year, I failed all of my accounting classes. Junior year was like the year where you took all the main classes that you had to take. I like legit got like D's and F's. I remember going downstairs to the admin office, giving them my resignation. I was like, I can no longer study accounting. (laughs) I dropped out of the accounting school, called my mom, cried and was like, I need to figure something else out because I'm graduating next year and I have no idea what I want to do. In a way, the universe gifted me with my failures at the time to really pivot my path in a different direction. Isn't that funny how life works sometimes? Yeah. I remember in that moment, I just felt like such a failure. I'm more than halfway through my college years. I had no idea what I was going to do that summer, let alone my senior year. And so In hindsight, it was a blessing in disguise. But in that moment, I did not feel like that was a blessing. I felt like Mm -hmm. a failure. Mm. I feel like something that you just said about USC being really good at grooming their students, their business students for very specific things. And what you said in the very beginning of how we're not really taught to explore. We're just kind of thrown into this environment where you just kind of do what everyone else is doing. And you're not really encouraged to explore you're not really encouraged to try new things even though they're all readily available no one's telling you not that we need to be told right but still like no one is guiding you to be like hey you should try to take maybe some art classes or maybe you should try taking classes from a different department or a different school within the bigger campus so yeah i mean life is hard (laughs) career stuff is hard school is hard yeah Which brings us to our next question of how do you find the career path that is right for you? Through lots of trials and tribulations by the process of elimination. Mm. (laughs) I think like at the foundation or at the core of my college career, if I could boil it all down to one question, it would be what does it mean to live a meaningful and fulfilling life? Because that question was so prominent and I tried to spend all the time where I wasn't distracting myself partying and like going out on trying to figure that out, that eventually trusting my heart and trusting my gut led me to where I am today. But I feel like a lot of that is taking a step back and asking yourself what you want Mm -hmm. and what success means to you. If we just hopped on the train and just rode along with the train and kind of just did what we're told or did what everyone else is doing, 
If you made a conscious decision of getting on that train and you're consciously riding that train, that would be very different compared to if you found your way on a train and you just kind of found your way going along the train. So just being able to take a step back, hop off the train for a stop, really reevaluate like, okay, this is where I am right now. This is kind of where I see in the future if I continue down this path. Is this where I want to go? If it's yes, by all means, go forth full force. But if there's even an ounce of doubt, really explore that. Really explore like, why do I feel this way? Why is there this doubt? Is it because maybe I don't truly want to do this thing? Maybe this is what my parents want me to do. And maybe it's because I don't know what I really want to do. So allowing yourself to explore in that way will eventually lead you to finding a career path that is right for you. Like nobody can tell you how you can, the A, B, C, D, E, F, G steps of how you can do it. I think it really, as with literally everything in life, is just the intention and just being super hyper aware and conscious of the decision that you're making. What it sounds like is having to check in with yourself Mm -hmm. as you go on, right? So maybe you somehow ended up on this train. Well, check in with yourself. Do you still want to stay on this train or do you want to hop off? Or maybe you do want to be on the train, so you just continue going. But I think what I've found throughout the years is that when you ask yourself those questions, specifically for me, what kind of lifestyle do I want to have at this age? I think that really influenced the decisions that I made. Maybe career just wasn't a big part of my identity and that's okay, but I had to learn that throughout the years, especially when you're surrounded by people who you know, going to USC, being in a business fraternity, your career is almost like your entire identity. That didn't resonate with me. And it was very tough because when everyone took this path, it was very easy to feel like, oh, I'm not doing enough or I'm a failure. But when it really came down to it, that didn't play a huge part in my identity and who I was. I felt like the time that I spent on other things was more important to me. What is the priority in your life right now at age 21? 25, 27, now 30, depending on your life circumstances too, things change. And so maybe it's being less rigid with your plans and learning how to pivot based on the life needs at the time. Mm. I think even for you at a very early age, because of that life circumstance, you chose a different path than what you saw around you because that happened. And everyone is going to go through different life circumstances. Different things will happen at different times for everyone. And so it's just learning how to like be flexible and pivot and just own your own journey. Going to a competitive school, just hearing what you're saying about your experience of like, oh, you felt like you had to, you questioned yourself because what you wanted wasn't what everyone else wanted, even though you chose a more quote unquote conventional path. For me, who chose a quote unquote more unconventional path, I also experienced like all of those things. So I feel like this is just a great example that no matter what you choose to do, you're going to feel some sort of resistance sooner or later, whether it's immediately because you chose something that people aren't doing, or maybe you kind of ride the train for a bit and you eventually realize this. I think sooner or later, we're all going to have an aha moment of like, okay, wait, but is this what I really want? As soon as you realize what you want may not necessarily be what other people want, that's another big thing because you're like, wait, am I weird? Am I, is there something wrong with me? (laughs) Why do I not want what other people want? 
And then you take a step back further to check in with yourself. You're like, okay, well, maybe like that's fine. Like it's okay to not want what other people want. I think there's just so many layers to this (laughs) complex onion that is our career. Because you spend a lot of time doing Mm -hmm. your job. And so that then in a way does become a part of your identity and your life. But how you frame that in your mind is very important in how you move forward. So did you know, like now knowing how the last 10 years of your life has played out from college until entering your 30s, did you have any inkling that you would be where you are today 10 years ago? No, absolutely not. I think what I did know was I knew I was going to be successful because I knew in my heart that everything that I set my mind to from a very young age, I would always achieve it. It's just a matter of like what success meant to me. To answer the question very directly, no, I would not have ever imagined I'd be where I am today. (laughs) Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Man, life is wild. (laughs) What about you, Viv? I feel like I got lucky in the sense that I ended up in a creative job. Mm. That space to think on my own and be creative in how I'm going to deliver the training It feels freeing. Throughout the years, I've learned that my priorities are a creative space. So less structure, ironically, because I'm such a structured person. (laughs) And my team. Working in a team where they support your personal goals as well is something that I really value. I think a lot of times work feels like you have to always be on and you always have to, you know, perform your best. And That's not how life works. And so I feel like in recent years, just being able to feel more connected with my life as a whole and my team allowing me to do that, that took time to figure out what was important to me. But knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to your younger self or to someone who is still trying to figure out their career path or might feel a little bit lost with their career choices? Because it's overwhelming. It is very overwhelming. I'm going to quote our commencement speaker from our business school, who was Mm. none other than Mr. Elon Musk himself. One of the pointers was to boil things down to first principles and to work your way back up. But one thing that I would highly recommend anyone and like especially my younger self to do is to really, okay, if you want to be successful, What does that even look like to you? Mm -hmm. If you're able to take the time to ask yourself the hard questions and be brutally honest with yourself and decide and define what a successful lifestyle will look like to you, that will help immensely. I think what we tend to do is we take other people's measuring sticks and measure our life with it. For example, our parents, for example, society, for example, our peers, right? Business school, USC, to be successful means to go work in a big four or to go work in consulting and finance or investment banking. So that's why I felt small. That's Mm -hmm. why you may have felt small because you weren't doing those things. But we only felt small because we're measuring our lives based off of someone else's measuring stick. To really take a step back and to check in with yourself and to define what your own measuring stick is and using that to measure your life is what will make all the difference in the world, truly. 
along those lines, growing up with parents who immigrated to the States on not ideal circumstances, for me, there was a lot of pressure there to have a quote, successful career. And at the same time, there was a very limited vision of what success looks like growing up in an Asian American household. You should be a doctor, you should be a lawyer. Those paths were kind of ingrained in your head at a young age. And so you have to realize that you walk your walk, you wake up every day in your own body and you live your life. No one else is living your life for you. That time you spend in your job, whatever that might be, you really need to evaluate if if that brings you joy, like if that makes you happy. And of course, there are some things where you have to take into consideration, right? Like it's hard to dream bigger when you don't have the basic necessities, right? And so obviously keeping that in mind, I think that we're in a very lucky place to be able to dream bigger, to be where we are now. And that wasn't always the case for me. I think in my earlier years trying to figure out my career, it felt like needing to survive, like needing to make enough money, needing to hit a certain number by a certain age. But now that I've kind of accomplished that or I've reached those milestones, it's opened up this new world of, well, what do you really want to do with your time? What kind of impact do you really want to make? What is actually meaningful to you? And that will come to you at different times on your journey. It's unique to each of us. I think along with everything we've shared so far, one thing that I was just really reminded of, because I'm reading a book called, I forgot what it's called. Is it, it's, oh, it's called Mindsets the new psychology of success. I think something like that. So it's like the OG Stanford researcher who talks about mindsets and she's the one who coined fixed versus growth mindset. I'm just going to read a little excerpt. When you enter a mindset, you enter a new world. In one world, the world of fixed traits, success is about proving you're smart or talented, validating yourself. In the other, the world of changing qualities, it's about stretching yourself to learn something new, developing yourself. In one world, failure is about having a setback, getting a bad grade, losing a tournament, getting fired, getting rejected. It means you're not smart or talented. In the other world, failure is about not growing, not reaching for the things you value. It means you're not fulfilling your potential. And I just feel like this is such a great reminder. Like I've always known abstractly the difference between fixed and growth mindset. And like, of course, it's better to have a growth mindset because it's kind of like abundance versus scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. Abundance and growth is in the same bucket. Fixed and scarcity is in the same bucket. But to actually read all of the examples in here was very eye-opening because for as much as I do have a growth mindset, a bit of me is also very fixed in that I care so much about what other people think. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I think it's why we felt the way we felt about you know not fitting in or maybe something's wrong with us because we don't want what other people want because we still care about the validation from others. Whereas if you're fully leaned into the growth mindset, it's like, well, that's fine. It's okay. As long as I'm challenging myself and asking myself the hard questions and checking in with myself, that is enough because it's through growth where we find success and fulfillment versus in trying to be this flawless version of yourself. Yeah. That quote (laughs) did such a good job of illustrating perspectives. It just depends on that narrative in your head again of what success means to you. And yeah, I, I really love that. And the main takeaway is that these are all mindsets. So you yeah. can change your mind. Yeah, very it's easily. all perspective. Yeah. It's all in your head. Oh, mindset habits. 
Yeah, I feel like I talk about it all the time. So I was like, let me actually learn about the science behind mindsets. <laughs> I think that also played a huge role in how I ended up defining what success means to me. I did definitely have a very fixed scarcity mindset the first half of my 20s. And it slowly transitioned to growth. And every time I have those pivotal points that I can identify, looking back now, it's always, wow, that was the year that I grew the most. Or wow, that was the year that I'm so thankful it didn't work out because I learned all of these other things that I wanted to do. And that gave space to other beautiful things in life that you can enjoy. So with your YouTube channel, how has your definition of success changed? Or maybe like what is your definition of success to help you move forward in the types of content that you create or just what you're, how you're spending your time doing what you're doing? The funny thing about all of this is your definition of success changes over time as well. You keep fine-tuning it as you grow. It's like your your definition of success will grow as you grow, which is like honestly a beautiful thing, right? It's the same thing as like your art or your craft or your channel or your career will grow as you grow as well. So I feel like in the very beginning, I knew I wanted to make a difference, but I didn't know how. I knew I wanted to help people and to help make the world a better place, but I also didn't know how. But they were things that I wanted to do. And I also knew that I don't want to dread waking up every morning to go to work. I just like, I saw that so, like, it's just shows that you watch, movies that you watch, friends around you, like even parents, even adults in your life. It just like, it was such a big thing that I was like, why is this the norm? Like, I don't get it. Like, I get it, but I don't get it. And I also remember writing down in my journal, we get so excited Every time Friday comes around, every time Saturday comes around, and then Sunday you're like happy, but you're also kind of losing, you lose that spark because you just know Monday's around the corner. And when Monday hits, you're just like, oh my God, my life sucks. We're back on Monday. I have another full like work week. Just that whole thinking, I was just like, I think that's pretty toxic and I don't want that. (laughs) I want to enjoy my Mondays as much as I enjoy my weekends. Mm -hmm. So I think those were just the things that I was thinking of and loosely that made up my definition of what success could look like. And then following my quest to discover what it meant to live a meaningful and fulfilling life, that ultimately led me to measure my life based off of how full I'm living my life Mm. and how dedicated I am to my spiritual practice. Because I think like along my journey, I reconnect with spirituality. I became a lot more, I don't know, I think in college I was quite, I was very stubborn. I thought I knew all the answers. I thought I never needed help. And I think going through like a very dark period of my life, it really humbled me in a way where I realized there's so much more that's worth living for than just myself. I was so sad and so depressed and so anxious all the time because I was fully living in my head. So the possibility of believing in something greater than myself and allowing that to guide me, I think it truly really humbled me. It grew into this new definition of like what it meant to be successful, Mm -hmm. to live a life where I am doing what I'm born to do, to serve the universe in any way that I can for the universe to allow me to do what I was always meant to do. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that answered the question, what does success mean to me now? Yeah, it was just to live a life that is connected to myself and connected to the universe. 
Yeah, I think hearing you saying all of that, it actually reminded me that you are a huge inspiration for me in pivoting and allowing myself to dream bigger. And I think you are probably an inspiration for so many others because as you made those tough decisions throughout the years, I started questioning, you know, I'm on this path that I kind of fell into. I'm not that happy, but for some reason, I felt like I kept getting lucky with these signs from the universe that like, you should go this way. Like, you're actually, I'm going to take this away from you. You're going to go this way. And even in the moment when it didn't feel good, watching you in your path and how courageous you are with going with the unknown and choosing to live a different life, choosing to dream bigger and to allow yourself to explore and really be free in those things, it inspired me to do the same. And maybe not at the same level, like I'm not going to quit my job and start a YouTube channel, but (laughs) your actions have inspired me to, in my own ways, to ask myself, what is a meaningful life, you know? And, And that's kind of where I am now. Like that's how I ended up in this position right now with you recording this podcast. Like I never, ever thought, that I would be doing this, but I somehow am in this position and I, it is here and I am here. And these are the moments when I look back and I feel like you need to just trust that there's more to life than to fixate on certain things about your career that a lot of people have this idea of what a career should be. But really, I think for me, it's just big picture. Like what is your life about and how can you spend your time to build and create and do good whether it's at work or whether it's in your friendships. Viv, I also feel like from when we first met with you being an accounting major as a friend, and you're, you you would tell me too, right? I asked you like, okay, what drives you? And like, why are you doing what you're doing, the career path that you're doing? And I think safety and security was a huge thing for you maybe five years ago. And I remember two years ago, the beginning of 2020, when we went to a coffee shop to plan for the new year and to reflect together, I felt like something just a switch went off in you. You're like, this is the year that I want to dream bigger and I'm going to allow myself to dream. And for those words to come out of your mouth, I was like, wow, yeah. This is amazing. Yeah, and I think that just goes back to like everyone's timeline is different. You might have asked those questions and dreamt bigger earlier on. I might have done that 10 years later, but everyone's going to have a different path and there's no wrong or right way. The time will come when you are ready. The universe will present those opportunities for you when you're ready to take them on. Yeah. So even though on paper we may have very different career choices – the things that we went through, the feelings that we felt, the questions that we asked ourselves, it's still pretty similar. It sounds like the process is reflecting, understanding yourself, pivoting, and then having the courage to move forward. And then it like repeats. Even though your circumstances look different externally, the process of figuring out what's meaningful to you, what's a fulfilling life to you, how you want to spend your time in your job, in your career, or in a bigger context of like your life, that process for us was very similar in how we approach figuring out our careers. Wild. (laughs) And I think at the end of the day, all of our journeys are also unique. 
Okay, another if I could go back and, rem- and remind myself, my younger self, is to really enjoy the journey. Yes. Focus on the journey, not the destination. I know it's so much easier said than done, but this is also a trait within fixed and growth mindset. If you're fixed mindset, you just want to be perfect and want to do things right and you want to look smart, you want to be talented. So because that is what's driving you, your focus is on the destination versus growth mindset is you want to get better, you want to learn, you want to grow, therefore you value the journey. Based off of what we're focusing on right now in our lives, whether it's the destination or the journey, I think it's a good reminder that, okay, like let's say I'm focusing too much on the destination, how can I reel it back a bit and enjoy the journey a bit more? And I think you can also be very into the journey and forget about your destination. I think both are kind of important, which is like the weird thing about getting to know yourself is sometimes it can be, it can seem like it's an endless rabbit hole, but I think it's this very beautiful ebb and flow of a dance where sometimes you need a bit more of destination. Sometimes you need a bit more of journey and just knowing how to dance along with the ebb and flow. (laughs) Yeah, it's the art of balancing who you want to become and your destination, what your end goal is, but then reeling yourself back into like enjoying the now. Everything is a balance. The anti-pendulum swing. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So with everything that we explored and shared today, I think one of my takeaways is that you walk your own walk. And so a reminder not to measure yourself to external influences because at the end of the day, it's your life. It's your own journey and your own process. So there is no timeline that you need to meet. Your life is your timeline. And to truly take the time to define what success means to you right now. That definition can change tomorrow, but as long as you take the time to reflect, you're on the right path. You're doing your best. You're trying your best. You got this. We're all just trying here. (laughs) (laughs) So much truth. So long as you're trying, that is honestly what matters most. Mm -hmm. As long as you have the will, the awareness, the desire to keep trying and to keep learning and to keep challenging yourself and to lean into challenges, sometimes reframing and rewiring our brains to enjoy challenges and to enjoy things that are uncomfortable will lead us to very very beautiful green pastures and with that thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode if you have any questions about career life relationship anything at all you can email us at hello at voicehugspodcast.com you can also dm us on instagram at voice hugs podcast stay in touch k-i-t <laughs> hags hags do you think people listening will even know what k-i-t and hags means keep in touch and have a great summer it's what we used to write in each other's yearbooks in like middle school elementary middle school <laughs> anyway voice hugs voice hugs thank you for listening have a great day you're doing a great job have a great day. we love you, you.